Welcome to Two Pros in a Pod, the only football podcast by current professional footballers. I'm Kate Hamer, not one of the footballers, but the voice of the fans in this show, and I'm joined by pro players Marcus Bean and Hogan Ephraim. Each week, we give you a different perspective on the football news from behind the scenes in the industry. Hi, both of you. You all right, Beanie? Yeah, all good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, I'm okay. Hogs, are you all right? I'm very well, thank you. Good. What's going on at Wickham, Beanie? Just doing well. Um, I think we're four wins and a couple of draws probably from safety, 18 games to go. So we're well on target for what our um, start of the season um, <clears throat> goals were, so which is great. Uh, personal note, getting back from injury now and um, back involved in a match day squad. So, yeah, no, it's all good down at Wickham. Things are looking rosy, for sure. So is that good to have an objective to be in safety? Shouldn't you be striving for better than that? No, I think when you're newly promoted side, you, 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 your aim is to get to that 50-point mark okay. as quickly as possible and then from there, kick on. Um, so, as I said, yeah, we're four wins four wins from that. Get those four wins, then start start looking at the next goal, which would be then looking up the table and pop, you know, potentially play else. You never know. Is the points uh, the same? You know, we've obviously been talking about it's like world record points going on in the Premier League at the moment. Is that reflected through the rest of the leagues or is everybody else just carrying on as normal? Uh, yeah, I think everywhere's just normal, isn't it? Pretty much. I'm not too sure. So it's not a change think... in football, it's just a change in the top six of the Premier League? Yeah, I, 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 I personally think that the Premier League, outside of the top six has weakened a bit so oh, I'm not even the top six I'm probably top four um, so who are you putting in that top four the ones that are there now yeah the ones that are there, there now even actually, no, let me take that back for top two <laughs> everyone's kind of weakened a bit so we're, teams are picking up teams like Liverpool Man City are, are, are picking off teams down the bottom you know with ease uh, okay. yeah exactly. that's what I think in the Premier League is different so what do you think Cogs I think it kind of goes in little bits of cycles where when it was United and Arsenal just going for the title, I think you could probably afford to lose six games a season, five, six games and still be comfortable winning the league. And then Chelsea came in 2004, 2005. They raised the bar and it turned to you could have maximum three defeats, sometimes two. And now I think City from last year have took it to another level where Liverpool have responded and now, if you're looking at more than three defeats, max maximum, I don't think the title was there for you. So I think it's just clubs coming in, raising a ball, and others responding, to be honest. I don't think it'll be a, uh, a long-lasting thing. I don't think it'll go on for 10 years or so. I just think it'll have a couple of years like that and teams will respond. OK. So we've got quite a few things to talk about, particularly around the transfer window and stuff this week. But let's start with... Mourinho obviously did a couple of days work with being sport and much as he wasn't allowed to talk about Man United he seemed to manage to talk about it in a uh, roundabout way <laughs> yeah I think he made he made a few um, subliminal points whether that be about player power um, whether it be about the structure behind him comparing his CEO at Chelsea and the owner at Chelsea to other clubs so I think he let people know that there, there was a lot that he weren't happy with 
Um, but I, I thought it was interesting to see him on there. He had a, a couple of very good days on there where you got to hear, hear a lot from him. So I thought it was good. You're talking about one of one of the most successful managers of all time. So when you get to see them sit down for an hour or so and listen to them, it's always worthwhile. So do you think he's going to continue doing the punditry now? Or what, what do you think's next for him? I think he, he probably needs a little break. This time of the season, there ain't ain't many top jobs go, going to be available anyway. So maybe he's see out the season. He's got a few million to tide him over, I guess. He yeah, I don't think he's struggling. <laughs> I don't think he's struggling too much. You might see out the rest of the season, and then um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be there'll be other big clubs that are interested in him. Like he said, he said he he belongs at the top level of football, and that's where he'll return. So I'm sure he's had offers already. Um, there'll be more come the end of the season when jobs may may become available. So he'll be back, but whether his break is six months or whether he decides to take longer than that, maybe 18 months, we'll have to wait and see. But it'll be good to see him back, hopefully refreshed and ready to go. My big problem, not problem, I say, but my issue with Mourinho and in all the in, the interviews that I watched with him was that he, he talks about the past so much and about what he's won before. And he never really self-evaluates himself and say, you know, I could have done X and Y better. Not once in an hour-long interview did he say, maybe I could have done this, maybe I could have done that. And and, and that's my 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 kind of gripe with him. I, I think that's why I don't know if he's learned and I don't know if he's going to then in his next job go on and uh, and be successful because he, he's obviously, he's, we all know Marino's been successful. We all know what he's done in before and that's all he seems to talk about. He didn't once at, at ever say, you know, what could I have done better? But isn't that part of being a competitor in terms of he probably knows that himself, but why would you say that publicly? Because it's showing a weakness that the opposition could take advantage of. No, I think it's showing a strength that when I come back next time, I'm going to be even better. You know, I'm not saying you've got to go deep and Mm. go go super tactically, but I think you're, you're showing people, you know, when I come back, there's going to be new Mourinho. And I think there'll be chairman, director of footballs out there thinking to themselves, is he going to change, you know? And and by, by maybe planting that seed that, you know, in the future, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Mm. And then you might, you know, might you might get maybe a little bit of a better job because at the moment, I think if you're a director of football at one of those clubs, I think you're thinking twice about appointing uh, Mourinho potentially. I think possibly when he says certain things, when he says stuff like um, Klopp get, got the backing he wants, Pep got the backing he wants, when he got rid of the four fullbacks, got three more in and bought one goalkeeper, didn't work out, bought another goalkeeper. When he says stuff like that, maybe in his eyes, he doesn't think that he done much wrong. And he actually thinks if I had the backing that these managers have had, I would be up there. Mm. It would be like a lot of strikers. A lot of strikers would always come out, or people defending strikers. They they wouldn't necessarily criticise the forward. They'd say his lack of service. But but when, what I'd like to hear from him, I'd like to hear. Listen, maybe I have to look at my recruitment in the future. Do you know? Do you know what I mean something like that? Just a little hint to say, listen, okay, they had their backing, but how the money was spent when I you had it wasn't the greatest. Just a little hint of that. That's what, you know what I mean? He, he, it's the same he, game with him. I know, but when he says stuff like, no one knows what's happening behind the scenes, that might be part of him saying about the recruitment. No one knows who, who does the recruitment there. There's nobody football-wise. 
above him, there's nobody like with any footballing backgrounds. Whereas at, at these other clubs, there are. So when, when Klopp comes out, Klopp openly come out and said, Salah got proposed to me. He wasn't my choice. I didn't really fancy him. The recruitment team wanted him. So Klopp's coming out and saying that Salah now is the most devastating forward in the, in the league, well, by a country mile. So he's the most devastating forward in the league. Klopp didn't even want him. So that had nothing to do with him. Question. Hasn't Mourinho in the past said that he doesn't, he, he doesn't believe in that? Unless he maybe he's changed his views now, I believe in the whole director of football um, kind of thing, or is, it, is I, that? I, I have no idea what he said. I, I know the reports are so he said every club should have one. That's what he's saying now, and then the reports of Man United are, are miffed at that because they want one, but Mourinho was against it. So you don't know which side to believe is two different sides saying two different things. But I'm not sure. I think everywhere he's been at Real Madrid, at Chelsea. There would have been at Inter Milan, definitely. There would have been people above that helped make footballing decisions. Mm. He would, but he would want the final decision, wouldn't he? I can't imagine him yeah. being the type yeah. of manager that would have the head of recruitment or director of football signing players, and if he yeah. didn't have the final decision. Yeah, I think I think that'd be. Um, I think most of these top managers they would like the help, but the final decision has to be the manager. It has yeah. to be. And he he actually alluded to that in the, in. The, uh, in the interview when he was talking about sports scientists and statisticians, he said, listen, I take on board everyone's opinion when I ask for it, only when I ask for it. Don't give it to me unless I ask for it. I'll ask for it, but then it's up to me to make my own decision. That's what he said. Yeah. And I think maybe, yeah, maybe that's what he was missing. Maybe he's missing a good structure in recruitment um, to bring forward good players that he can then say yes or no to. Potentially, that's what he was missing. Uh, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I thought it was a fascinating interview. Um, but I do think that he needs to start looking at himself a little bit more. That, that's what was my overall thing coming out of that in uh, that couple, 45 minutes hour. He needs to start with the man in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of managers, what did you think of all the stuff? Well, I saw, Hoag, you tweeted about the Bielsa thing. I think you'd replied to some sort of... Uh, was it a TalkSport poll or something that had got um, your goat? Tony Incenzo, yeah. No, it was just that he, he was he put the question out: is it right or is it wrong? It's one hundred percent wrong. Yeah. I think a lot a lot of people in the media and and a lot of the public, to be honest, it's more of a fact that Bielsa has been a been a great manager and he's, he still is doing great things at Leeds. But what he's done is one hundred percent wrong. There's no defending it. If he didn't think it was going to help him, he wouldn't do it. Hmm. So, the, the Has FA he been should... fined or anything? I think Leeds and him have both been contacted and possibly charged because there's two breaches that it could come under. It's um, unsportingly conduct and there's something else. So, I, I think there should be a punishment. I don't know what the punishment should be, but I don't think that you should be able to go and see what a team's doing a day and two days before training. I think that's ridiculous. Mm. So, yeah, he's got... Everyone, I think, came out and was just loving his interviews, how how blunt and honest he was. But I, I didn't see it that way at all. I just thought it's a little bit of arrogance. I, I would have loved to have seen the public um, perception if that was Mourinho doing that. Can you imagine Man United about to play Man City and he's gone inspired on Pep's training the day mm. before? There'd be outrage. So my only my only thing is everyone should be judged off the same the same page. Yeah. One thing I will say in his I'll say defence. 
and I, I'm different and everyone's different but the cultural thing if it's culturally acceptable in your country or countries you previously managed I thought you, you were going to say if it's but, culturally acceptable in Yorkshire then when you went in your oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> That and you've done it before in previous countries and then in, in accepted, then that is a little bit of a get out of jail. Me personally, no. when I go to when I go to another country, I I always try and you know you've got to do your research. You have to if you're going on a holiday, let alone working on somebody, you have to do your research. But it's and, not sporting behaviour in any country. Oh, but it's it's it's, it's widely done in other countries. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't think that, I don't think that makes it acceptable. I think the same way. I think diving is more it's more done abroad than it is here, even though we have a big problem here. It doesn't mean a player should come over from wherever, France, Italy, Spain, Argentina, and come and start diving and we yeah. say, Oh well, that's what they're used to. I, I completely agree, but what I'm saying is I'm saying it's like a it's in his defence. I'm not saying it's acceptable, don't get me wrong. And I and, and to your point what you made earlier, I thought was well put. I don't think uh, at any point spying it, it destroys the game of football. Hmm. Uh, football is is it's about your own uh, tactics, it's, isn't it? It's about tactics, yeah. If you take tactics out of football, you've just got 11 people running around the pitch, football pitch. Shall <laughs> yeah. I do uh, a meme of that quote for Instagram? <laughs> if you take tactics out, you just got 11 people running around a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh, if, if for any aspiring coach, you might, as well, you might as well pack up and go home. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. So, so, listen, I think something has to be done. I don't agree it'd be docking points. I think the guy is another level what I will say is his attention to detail and his uh, will to win is on another level to what we've seen here for a long time because to send a, a, an employee out to every sing, every Thursday or Friday to go and watch training is insane all up and down the country mm. you know it's insane um, so he said that he's actually got some sort of uh, what's the word uh, what did he say but he's got some was it anxiety he's got anxiety issues about um, losing and and you, you know yeah to go to that level I, I kind of see where he's coming from he, he's he definitely taken winning to, an, to to another level but he does, he needs to get punished for it mm. but not in point but not get doc, not docking points is too far for me well I, it I depends if they've my... only got the points from the spying then no nah, but they haven't I think that's that's too hard to prove in my okay. opinion I just don't get when he done the um, the whole presentation and done his press conference no no one asked him the question is he going to carry on doing it he hasn't apologised he said that Lampard thinks it's wrong he doesn't think it's wrong but no one's asked him if he's going to carry on doing it so I just don't understand the attention to detail that these uh, the media people come out with as well they're talking about 51 games that was a load of rubbish that was a load of rubbish you go to any half decent run club and you're getting that every everywhere every single Premier League team will have that I don't know, there's probably about four or five championship teams that aren't really championship teams in the name. What, sorry? I missed that. I said there's about four or five championship teams which aren't really in the name championship teams, but the rest of them, they'll all have that attention to detail. They'll know the players inside out. They'll know the teams inside out every single game they've played. So the media looked at it because they don't get that sort of insight. You go to any half-decent training ground on a Friday, that's there. Yeah. So I think people... Were, people I, couldn't were, read, I couldn't read the spreadsheet, but... What was on the spreadsheet that you're showing? I don't know about the spreadsheet, but it was every game Derby had played this season and like every club basically in the league, every single game they've had that season. But, but every club would have those can, details. Yeah, yeah. That's not so like, I didn't, private, I thought, is it? They've played the yeah. games. 
Yeah, so I thought maybe when media haven't been into training grounds and seen that, they they made it come out like this this guy was some sort of genius and works overtime. Don't get me wrong, what he's done in football is very very good. A lot of top managers say that he's the the mentor for them. His record isn't amazing in in Europe anyway. Yeah, back home in South America, he's he's got a good record in Europe. I don't think he's ever won a trophy if I'm if I'm certain. No, but to be fair, I'm I'm going off the fact that I've heard from the some a couple of Leeds boys on the grapevine, you know, football news travels that he is relentless. And then this this to me kind of just backs it up. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm not I'm not disputing that, but I'm just trying to think the previous managers that would have been at Leeds. I'm not. I don't think many of them are top managers. You go to a half any any single team in the Premier League, whoever's bottom in the Premier League now, their detail will be as much, if not more, than that. Mm. Nah, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm not on training be, sessions though. No, you're not going to spy on training sessions. No, but but... What I'm saying is this, is this is something, before you even come here, I was fascinated by him because of what he'd done at Bilbao. Um, obviously, at Marseille, it didn't work because I think he, he, he rubbed the players up the wrong way. But And then, obviously, hearing about what Guardiola Pochettino say about him and then for him to be doing this, uh, listen, I, listen, I'm not saying it's completely wrong, but I, don't, I do think it is another level to a lot of managers. Mm. I do believe that. See that right, but that is where I can understand going back to Mourinho's um, his talk on being sports. That's where I can understand where he's coming from. He said all these managers get praised; they win absolutely nothing. So, what actually makes a good manager nowadays? Because we're saying him, we're saying Pochettino. Uh, um, Mourinho c- came later than Klopp. He's already been sacked. He's won two trophies. Klopp's won zero. So what actually makes a good manager nowadays? I, I don't understand. I, I've always grew up thinking you have to win stuff. Yeah, but isn't it how you win the stuff? Like, no. Like... Uh, that's, this is what he came to. This is what that, another thing I didn't quite like about what he said as well. But go on, okay, it's a great point. Mourinho said um, it doesn't matter how you play football, winnings, that, all that matters. But then and... I think No, it, no, it he didn't be... say that. No, 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 you, no, no. I think, well, you've definitely said it, Hoax, when we've talked before about, like, how you win and stuff, whereas I think yeah. the reason that Klopp and Poch are rated is because they have created a team spirit, they've got everyone playing together, they're playing nice football, it feels like it's a longer-term sustainable strategy than, like, dropping in, winning some cups, but like from a fan perspective I don't know how enjoyable that is versus watching that, teams that, build and a, made a great point about how enjoyable it is that is a reason Klopp is is still in a job without winning things and Mourinho of course of course but listen yeah that is a reason he actually basically admits that as well in, in the interview but, but my, goes, my point is a, job a bit longer but you're not winning anything. That's what his point is. But the most this important. year he's going to... He should do this year. He should do this year. Mm. But the most in, the most enjoyable thing as a fan is the day when you lift a trophy. I don't think it is. I think the journey to that is just as... How, how, how many times has Sheffield Wednesday won a trophy? Once. And that's not up there with one of the best days you've ever seen at Sheffield Wednesday? Um... No, I mean it was good, but I think there's a lot of other. No, there's been a lot of other games where we've like played someone off the park, or games where you know runs that we've gone on, or even getting to the playoff finals. Although we didn't win, you know, 
it's about. It's not. It's not one thing or the other thing. No, so it's not. Win, it's, you could it's, win football. We yeah, but wait. Football, play great football. Th- th- that's my yeah. whole point. That's my whole point. That's what he said the other day. He said, listen, he said, when Chelsea beat Man United in the final, when he was manager of Chelsea, he said, terrible FA Cup final. Terrible. He said yeah. they won 1-0, right? He said, yeah. and before he said terrible, Richard Keyes come in and said, shocking final, like shocking game. So Mourinho said, thank you. He said, stick, like have that same energy. He said, last season when Chelsea beat Man United in the final 1-0, but he was manager of Man United, he said, none of you are saying shocking game. Uh, he says, we, we've battered them, whatever. Chelsea have had one, one attempt. They've won the game with a penalty. He says, no one says it. He says, so all I want to do is be judged the same. He said, when I win, it's shocking. But when I lose to a team and I've outplayed them, I've had 70% of the ball and they've been shocking, uh, no one says anything. He says, in the ideal world, the best way to win... You have 70% of the ball, you annihilate your opponent, play beautiful football, and you win. He, he said, that's that's the perfect ideal way. He said, but if you can't get the perfection, all that matters at the end of the day after that is winning, which he's right. Yeah, but then I think from a fan perspective, there's so many other elements that, you know, and especially from like a neutral perspective of watching a game, there's the fact of the underdog or the hope that you get in football and stuff. Like, it's not just about... I understand that, but but what about their managers and chief executives and, and players? For them, the most important thing would be on the day winning, right? Wait a second. I think as a chief executive and a director, whatever, or people that are involved in the money side of the game, I think they realise that you need an enter- entertain. Yeah, yeah. You need a brand. You need a brand. You need to entertain. You have to at some point entertain because if the football's terrible... People will still stop coming to watch. Yeah, I don't, some... be, I, I don't believe that because the perfect example is Atletico Madrid. They play the worst. They, they play the worst football that, in Europe. It's not that bad, Hoag. Come on! Oh my god! Oh my honestly, god! I, honestly, I honestly, I, I don't mind watching. And I, listen, I, I'm a purist, and I, I don't mind watching Atletico Madrid play football. No play. chance. Atletico Madrid out of any half decent good club in Europe are the worst team by a million miles to watch. They put 11 guys behind the ball, all within the width for the 18-yard box, and defend for their lives for 90 minutes. And then counter. And and, and that's the beauty H- of it. Hardly counter. They hardly no, they, counter. They counter. They counter. They do counter. They very that, hardly counter. And and listen, football would be terrible if every team played one way. Yeah, and Of I think course. And I think one of the criticisms of Mourinho is he's got players at his disposal that he's asking to do too much on the defensive side or um, their hands are tied. I think that is the biggest thing with Mourinho. It's not so much the fact that he plays defensive. It's like, what what about when you get the ball? How are you going to attack? Why are your your wingers so deep and playing left back and right back? I I, I fully understand that. I fully understand and agree with that. The only thing I'm saying is that Flesco Madrid exactly the same. Or they're they're more defensive. Before this season, they had two central midfielders playing wide. They would play four central midfielders in a midfield four. They they just used to play with two people attacking. That was embarrassing. So people have to judge it the same. Yeah, I disagree, I disagree a bit on the Atletico one. but They, no. they went and played Arsenal last season twice in the semi-final of the Europa League. That was embarrassing because Arsenal were a poor, poor, poor team last year. Arsenal battered them. Battered them. Should have went through. Atletico Madrid went through. They, they don't care about anything else. You watch any Atletico Madrid game against Real Madrid in the last... However long Simeone's been there, eight years, I think it is now. 
But Hogs, you understand this this is why Atletico get away with it and Mourinho man it this doesn't. Atletico right. because Atletico are are not they're they they haven't got at their disposal, they haven't got a massive, a massive amount of array of talent. Where United Whoa. United <laughs> no, listen, and the United they have. Hold have. on. They, they they've got they've got probably the second best goalkeeper in the world, Atletico, right? Forget the keeper. We're talking about attacking. Okay, so, so say they got the best centre half partnership in the world. You go through to midfield. You have got Saul, Koke, and Griezmann in a three. Griezmann just in front of those two. There ain't many threes in the world touching that. They got Diego Costa up front, who I'm not a fan of, but people think that he he's a top striker, right? Striker, he's a good striker. Yeah. Okay, people think he's a good striker. That's a lot of talent. That's a yeah. whole that's a whole spine of nearly world class players. Yeah, I just said that. I think they're battling against it, playing against big, big, much bigger clubs at the top level. I think you you you, you forgive them, and, and I think people would forgive Marino if he went and done the same thing at a team like Atletico. But with players like Martial, Rashford um, at your disposal, I think you've got to do more. And I think you're, yeah. you're Solskjaer's showing it. He's showing. Are you, it. Are you comparing Martial and Rashford to Griezmann and no. Diego Costa? No, 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 no. Them two are the, t- the two players that are allowed to attack though in that team. But it's about getting the best out of those players. I think of that's course. what buys of people into a manager. And I think that's where it was going wrong with Mourinho because it didn't feel like he was part of the team. It felt like it was him and them kind of thing, which is never going to get good results. If I was a manager, because you're not going to do the Ferguson and Wenger thing anymore in stage 20-odd mm-hmm. years. So my thing would be to collect trophies. So when I go for my next interview, that's what I'm falling back on at, at the end of the day. Yeah, but... I think yeah. if you said to Guardiola, who's probably the most purest guy in football, uh, the most purest guy in football, if you said to Guardiola, you can just grind it out for the rest of this season, win the Champions League with City, would you take that? He would snap your hand off right now. Are you sure? If you said... To, listen, did, did you watch him... Did yeah. you watch him play against Liverpool the other day? Bro, he did done you that. Watch, okay. Did you watch him play against Liverpool the other day? Yeah, I did. What's your, what's your point do, on that? Do you believe he stuck to his normal principles the other day? He tweaked him, which you're allowed to tweet. Twi- 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 okay. okay. Your statement was he just goes so, play the so word forever. I, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just said, I just said if you said to him, you can grind it out. He, against, against Liverpool, he, he, he grinded it out, no? I think that's the one team you do that against. Honestly, okay. So, so you, you, all right. So you said he, you said he tweaked it. He tweaked it. So you, uh, yeah, I, I believe he tweaked. It. I don't think he ground it out. I think. All right. So, so, all right. So listen to this. They play Liverpool last season. Their possession stats were 75 percent at home to Liverpool. Yeah. They played it this season forty nine percent. That's not tweaking. That's listen. not tweaking. That is a ma- that's thirty percent less. Listen, hoax. We're talking about the guy, probably the one manager in the world who sticks so steadfast to his philosophy. I understand that, but he didn't against Liverpool because he, he honestly sees a team that is on his level now. Suppose your statement was he would grind out every game to the end of the season. I'm saying no, you never I said if you, if you could grind out the rest of the Champions League, which is about six games or seven, including the final, I think it is, maybe, I don't know, however many. So I'm saying if you offered him that, he would take it. I disagree. Uh, we can agree to the guy. The guy's not won a Champions League since 2011. People I, aren't going to keep calling him the best in the world when he's had the two best teams since and he hasn't won a Champions League for seven, eight years. 
I just don't think he he would. I think he'll tweak things and, he, and for different horses, for different courses, but generally his general principles will never, ever change. That's what I think with him, personally. Right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk some transfer window stuff. So Dembele going to China, do you think that's the right time for him to have made that move too soon? Good thing? Yeah, I actually heard from last season, probably January last season, so a year ago, that he was thinking of um, leaving to go to um, a league that wasn't so intense and physical because his body's, say, breaking down, but he's, he's feeling the wear and tear on his body and, and, he, and it's, it's hurting him getting out on that pitch um, regularly. And China was the one at the time, for whatever reason, that didn't go through. So it was no surprise to me when he actually went. But from a, from Tottenham's point of view, it's more of a surprise in the sense of their injury crisis. Um, they've got Ali, Sissoko, Mora, uh, Kane, uh, Son in the, um, the Asia Cup, away with the Asia Cup. So... They've got so many players out injured and for me, this is prime time for Dembele to step up to the plate and, you know, uh, dictate things as, as, he, as he does. Um, as a player, for me, he's definitely in the top four or five players in the last five or six years. Um, central midfielders, um, so strong, ridiculous ox of a player, but so elegant and uh, with the ball at his feet, uh, technically, you know, amazing. So... It, the timing was strange, but I did I did think he was definitely going to go at some point. So, um, yeah, fair play to him. He, he's earned the right to go and earn some big money because I doubt he would have earned massive money uh, at Spurs. Do you think that's his last move then? Yeah, that'll be him done, I think. I think go China, at, I don't know, maybe if he finishes there at 34, so he might go to the Middle East or America, but I can't really see it. I think his body... His body hasn't been able to live with the demands of the day-in, day-out training. He's been saying for the last 12 to 18 months, he's had a lot of ankle problems. I think the ankle's a big issue. So he wanted to go to a lower-paced league. Obviously, helps with the, the money he'll be getting. But I, I agree. I just think it was crazy from Tottenham. I think um, 11 million, you may as well just let him see out his contract for the next five months. 11 million in the Premier League now, that's, that's nothing. That's uh, pocket change. So I wouldn't have accepted it. If I was them, I would have just said to him, look, you see out the rest of your, your deal. You can go on a free. The money will still be there from China. And then he could have went that way. But what a player he's been. Unbelievable player. First at Fulham and then at Tottenham. I'm surprised that Tottenham were the only ones that activated his buyout clause when they did for 15 million because even at Fulham, he looked like one of the top players in the Premier League. Mm. So great business from them. And yeah, just what a player to watch. And it could be a while before someone else like him really comes through. Because so I think there's certain players as him. I remember when Wilshere first came on the scene, there was him, Pogba to a lesser degree, and then even Oxlade-Chamberlain last season. These are players from central midfield that can beat a player and drive through the heart. You don't get that nowadays. These These central midfielders that are just named... It's like they have winger's ability in the middle of the park. And once you go past a, a player, you're committing those centre-halves and then everything opens up. And I just hope we, we get more and more players like that coming through because Dembele's really set the he's set the marker. Mm. So what what do you think Spurs are going to hit the transfer market? Because as we, we saw them against Fulham, um, lacked, definitely lacked a cutting edge. Um, 
looked, still looked half decent defensively, even though the first half of them I thought were pretty good and could have scored a couple. Um, do you think they're going to dip in? I don't know. I think it's harder than than it seems. I think um, obviously the twenty five man squad issues. I know before the window they uh, they already had twenty eight players, so they would have had to get rid of some. Their bellies obviously won this gone. Clubs could probably hold them to ransom in the next week or so, or ten days, however long's left. So I'm not too sure. Um, obviously, it would help. It would help massively, but. The next two games, two cup games anyway. Um, obviously, Spurs want to win a trophy, like they've said, but Poch has openly come out and said before, it's the Champions League and the Premier League is priority. So I don't think you can really go out in 10 days and just sign a, stri- uh, a striker, for example, for five weeks. Because what, what striker are you going to get who will come and play for five weeks and he's not going to play again when Harry Kane's fit? Mm. I'm, not sh- I'm not sure what sort of strikers would accept that, what money they'd want to accept that. So I think I think it's, it's it's a tough level. Problem's got Laurenti just looks shot of confidence. Um, the other day I think, he, yeah, it was a shame because yeah he was he was half decent at Swansea and was good at um, in Spain, but at the moment he just doesn't look like somebody that's at all a threat. His touches, his ball was bouncing off him. He looked laboured when he was trying to run in behind. Uh, and also the big problem he's got is that Tottenham don't really cross the ball, and that's what he thrives on. And on top yeah. of that, but the wingers to cross the ball for him. It's just, it's just a, it's just a, such a mismatch with the way that Tottenham are set up for Lenny to start. Um, the thing is, though, they changed it against Fulham because um, they were putting in a ridiculous amount of crosses against Fulham, and it was so unlike Tottenham. But then they ended up getting the two goals: one from the Eriksson cross, one from the Enkudu cross. So maybe that's the way they'll go for the next few weeks. Obviously, Trippier's got amazing delivery. But like you said, other than that, wide players, they haven't really got any. So you're looking at Ericsson to do something special from a certain angle. But I just, I just don't think they can go into the market. Ideally, there'd be an older player who would take a short-term contract, but it's very, very unrealistic. Mm, mm. Andy Carroll was um, punted around for a couple of million, or uh, three or four million pounds. What do you think about that? I think Andy Carroll's a decent player when fit, but it's the same thing. You're going to want to put crosses in. Yeah. yeah. So would would you rather pay Andy Carroll, who's probably on not far off 100 grand a week? Would you rather get Andy Carroll in to do Laurenti's job? And Carroll could get injured any minute with his history. Or would you rather go with Laurenti? So I just think it's, it's such a tough situation for them. Um, I know they've mentioned names. I saw like on the debate the other day, they're saying Callum Wilson talking 75 million I'm a big Callum Wilson fan they're saying 75 million for a guy who's then going to never play when Harry Kane's fit doesn't mm. make sense mm. even the 50 million I saw is is, is, is crazy money massive crazy. money massive money massive money what I feel I'll say about at the moment we're not really producing any young strikers I don't know I don't know other clubs but Spurs you'd like to think they've got one I know that the lad was on the bench but he didn't get on but just a young one, man, just to break on the scene. It's, it's prime set up for him, but yeah, uh, and, and Poch ain't afraid to throw players in. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, it's a shame that they've put maybe they haven't got anyone coming through. Yeah, no, that would have been a massive help for them. They they just seem to have a lot of midfield players coming through at the minute, yeah. um, which they're going to need to be fair because all their central midfielders are struggling with injury. So I, I don't know. They have a lot of injuries at the minute. Um, They'll be they'll be buzzing at the next two games, the cup games, 
and then they've got three out of four at home which I know people are saying their home games that they should win but their home games against teams that are going to be defensive and yeah. without Kane, Ali, Son players to break them down they're probably some of the toughest games they can have yeah, yeah. Do you think they go through in the Champions League against Dortmund? What when um, is, that? When, when I th- is that? I think Son Son should be back for that. Maybe he'll miss the first leg, but he should be back for that. Uh, when if they were fully fit, I'd have Tottenham all day long over Dortmund all day long. But now with the injuries, I'm not too sure. I think Dortmund might have the upper hand if these players are missing. Right, moving across London to Chelsea, what do you think about Sarri's comments that he made about the team and motivating them? I thought... um, I I didn't see too much wrong with them to some degree. So I can understand when Janus, Rio and Keown have come on after and said, you can't do that in public, this, that, the other. That's fine. I, I, I can agree with that to a degree. I understand it. But when you actually watch his press conference and he says, look, this is an isolated incident. It happened at Wembley earlier in the season when they lost to Tottenham 3-1. So he's told them publicly before. So I've got to, I've got to stick to what I have been saying when I've said it about the Luke Shaw or whatever situation. If someone's telling someone stuff publicly and they're not responding, I can understand when they go privately to see if they get a response. We're not going to know if there's a response until they play on Thursday against Tottenham. They're either going to throw the towel and all respond. But this is the third manager that Chelsea have had. Mourinho, Conte and Sarri. Quite a similar group of players. Quite similar. So mm. the players have to look at themselves. Mm. They have to. These managers can't just keep losing their job and losing their job. Both, both of the previous managers before Sarri have won titles and still lost their job. So the players are going to have to look at themselves. They can't just decide when they fancy it that they're going to turn it on and, and help a manager out and then one minute they don't like the manager so they're just going to go into their shell and get him sacked That's, it's a load of rubbish Do you think there's a tipping point of enough new people that they need to get into that dressing room to change it? I think so yeah I think that's the best way when you have situations like that it's best to get a, a key core of it out of there and just replace it Without going, without going into names, I know specifically that that's what Pochettino done when he went to Tottenham. There was four guys that he, he wanted out of there straight away. Mm. It, it didn't happen within the first maybe two, three, four, five months. He was adamant. So even though those players might have been making the team at the beginning of his reign, he knew that they was gone come the January or the end of the season. He just wanted them out. And it wasn't about ability. Some of them were very, very, very good players. He just wanted them out because of the the whole situation and the atmosphere in the change room. So I think a manager's probably got to go and do that at Chelsea. The biggest problem you've got as a manager is if your best player on the pitch is your hardest player to motivate. motivate. And for what I've heard is uh, is that Hazard, obviously, who is their best by far their best player in training, etc. He doesn't train how he, he necessarily plays. I think that's one thing you could say. I think that's what I've heard from from numerous people. Now, on a Saturday, he's great. He turns it on. But when you're on the on the training pitch as the manager and trying to put a session on, and someone's not going at it full blast, and then everyone's looking around at him, and and it's just not ideal. I think your 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 star player nine times out of ten, you want to be 
the man that everyone looks around, looks at me, look, he's doing it right. I'm going to do it right. For me, that's why I, I, I always, I see that situation. I think it's very difficult for a manager when your star player isn't necessarily pulling his weight. And not, so, not so much on the pitch because I think Hazard, I think Hazard does does work quite hard on the pitch generally. Um, but out off training, I think it's, it's difficult for a manager. I think, I think there's a lot wrong with that Chelsea team as well. I know a lot gets said about Hazard and Kante not being played in their favourite positions and they're the two best players, but I think they could still do more. Don't get me wrong, Hazard's not a number nine or a false nine, but I think he can do better than what he'd done the other day. Kante's not the typical number eight or whatever Sarri wants him to play, but he can do better than what he'd done the other day. That That's like without question. And yeah, then, I also- I personally think Savage's got to look at himself. I, my my thing, these are things I think are wrong with Chelsea at the minute. Are Kante needs to go back to holding midfield? I think they need. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't really like Aspicueta right back in in that formation. I think you need your right back to be a bit more flying and um, delivering the balls in the box a bit more. If you're playing three three uh, holding midfielder, your fullbacks can go as high as they like. But Aspicueta isn't the greatest and most comfortable in advanced areas. I think Willian out wide doesn't provide enough goals or assists for me. I think they haven't got a number nine, which we're going to probably come on to next as well. It's, it, there's so many different square pegs and round holes for me that you, you, I can understand why they're struggling to score goals and, and not, not looking like a great attacking fit for me. That's yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I think there's way more press, uh, pressing issues. I think three in the back four aren't good enough, especially in the back four. I think Azpilicueta is definitely not fullback. You need your fullback to attack if you're one of the top teams. You can't attack. I think Alonso is not a left back. He's a he's a wing back. David Luiz has never been a centre back in a two. As good as he is on the ball, he's not centre back in a two. Rudiger's not bad to be fair to him, but even the other day he let the shambles. Um, Jorginho ticks things over without ever hurting anyone. He just plays that sideways football, so that is what it is. The two wide men, they've got goals in them. Um, I think that they got goals, William and Pedro, but I need more. William playing on the left, I don't like. I'd rather him on the right where he can use his acceleration. Um, there's just so much wrong. Kovacic, I don't even know if he laced up his boots the other day. He looked like he was in casual mode. And he's a player that I, I, I like a lot. Um, amazing ability, but he's not someone that I'd, I'd really want to turn to when times are tough. So I think there's a lot that they need to spend more money as well. I think they need they need better players. Mm, I agree. I agree. What do you think about the um, Higuain signing? Um, yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I thought Higuain was was one of the top strikers in Europe when he was at um, Napoli with Sarri. I thought he was on unbelievable. He was in unbelievable form. Um, now, thirty-one coming to the Premier League I'm not too sure I, th- I think he could get goals possibly but he's not he's not, probably not, he's not the signing I'd be going for not at, at 31 you scored 8 goals in the first half of the season at, at AC Milan it doesn't fill me with great confidence but it's probably got to the situation now where just get anyone in up front as long as it gets Hazard back to his favoured position and gets him playing well if Hazard's playing well, he counts as two players anyway, so you can kind of sacrifice whoever is that number nine. So he's probably just gone for that. It's a lot of money to pay. The, the wages are not 
not lie at all. But I would have probably liked to see him come a few years earlier, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. Um, I think they're trying to probably appease Sarri a bit as well. Yeah. He, he wanted him in the summer, um, but people upstairs didn't. That's what Higuain said. So I think, yeah, they're trying to make him happy. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it, but it's, it's, as you said, it's a big, big gamble. I just think they've signed they've signed some of Europe's best strikers of my lifetime, but I always think it's a little bit too late. If you look at Crespo, you look at Shevchenko, Etu, I know Etu was even older, um, now Higuain, Falcao, the, those names over the last 15, 20 years um been sensational footballers. But when they've come to Chelsea, it's just a little bit too late in my eyes. And I think that this just might be the case again. For, for 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 them, hopefully not. But I just got a feeling it could be. I know Bramovich has got the visa issues, um, so I don't know how much he's going to want to spend. But I've I've just don't know, I've got a sneaky feeling that Chelsea are going to do some huge business next in the summer. I've got some I've a sneaky feeling, and they yeah. need to. They need to do some big business. I think they will. Yeah, I think they need to. Did you have any thoughts about the games at the weekend? I was um, uh, sad that Fulham didn't manage to hold on to a draw with. Spurs. Yeah, that was a, that was a very good. Uh, well, not very good. Very tough game for Spurs. Uh, done well to nick it in the end. To be honest, I, 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 before the game, I worried for him. I didn't think it was going to be a walkover. I just thought Fulham and now got to the position where they're fighting for their lives, and people will look at these sort of teams and say, "Well, they're near the bottom of the table. It should be easy." No, not when these guys are fighting with everything they got. Especially, especially, especially against a weakened Spurs team. So yeah, they'll be happy. Anytime you win away from home in the Premier League is a good result, and Spurs have done it the most this season. I think the most out of any team in Europe in all competitions. Them and Bayern Munich have won the most away games. So that tells you the level of team that um, Spurs are in my eyes. Yeah, I think Spurs. Could, I'm sorry, I think Fulham could take some heart out of the, the Mitrovic and Babel combination. I think Babel came in and and didn't do. Um, do himself any uh, harm I thought he looked um, a threat looked quite strong bit of pace running off uh, Mitrovic and hopefully that can be they can fire them and score some goals um, Mitrovic on the other hand needs to calm down a bit man like he's, instead of thinking about playing football he was just too caught up trying to fight with uh, Sanchez um, I always think when, when that happens you know the defender's got the upper hand he's um, just completely detracted from his own game um, so he, he does seem like he's got a little bit of anger issues. I think he's a good player for sure, um, but he needs to control that, especially as he's a skipper now. He needs to yeah just concentrate on scoring goals um, rather than yeah have a tug of yeah having fights on the pitch. <laughs> Any other games that stood out for you at the weekend? I thought the first game of the weekend was brilliant. The Wolves and Leicester game. Um, Wolves went two up, but Leicester were actually playing well. Leicester got back into it two each. You thought they might kick on. Wolves 3-2, Leicester 3-3 three, three, right near the death, and then Wolves win it with the last kick of the game. I, I don't like the FA charging um, the Wolves manager for celebrating with the players. I think that there's no there's no way anyway that he can get a touchline ban. It was the same referee that it happened with, with Klopp. So there's not a chance. The maximum he can get is the same fine Klopp, get, uh, mm. Klopp got. Sorry. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide because they'll be under huge scrutiny watching that. Um, but 
it was a good result for Wolves because they haven't really done great against the teams in and around them. There's a lot of games I've been expecting Wolves to go and win, like when they played away at Cardiff, for instance, and I think Fulham was another one. I'm expecting them to win, and they, they didn't win. So it, it was a big result for them. Um, Liverpool, another 4-3 win in the Prem. They will be thanking their lucky stars that um, Spironi was in goal. I think that's the worst goalkeeper performance I've seen in the Premier League for a long, long time. And I know he hasn't played for a while and he's 40, but some of those mistakes, they're inexcusable. Yeah. I'd actually... I think the one for the third goal, if that was somewhere else, I think I'd be questioning, is that match fixing? That was embarrassing. <laughs> had the punch and he kind of punched it. Is that Embar- the one? Yeah, he had no pace on the ball, whatever. You're thinking, all right, just collect it. He's just flicked it over his own head and they've tapped it in. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I think if that was... Honestly, if that was in another country that's been known for match fixing, I'd be questioning that massively and saying this is a joke. Are the other two keepers injured? Hennessy and the other guy, the phone's gone. Yeah, I, I think they're both injured. They mu- yeah, yeah they signing. must be. Mm, they're signing someone, I heard, this week. They're signing yeah. 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 But it was, a, it was a massive win for Liverpool. They needed that at half-time, one down. I'm sure Klopp um, got stuck into them. Because they've got quite a few injuries themselves now, looking at that back line. So they, they won't care how they're winning games. They just want to get the points on the board. Mm, definitely. Definitely. I saw one thing I say about the Wolves um, Leicester game. I thought I've never seen Claude Pearl so animated. He was just uh, when that fourth goal went in. He was, he's like almost. I don't know. Is there pressure? I've heard there's pressure on him. That kind of seeing him like that because he seems like a quite reserved manager on the sideline. Um, maybe the pressure's getting to him. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. not, that, not that I think he should be under pressure. Um, I don't know what Leicester are really, you know, aiming for. Maybe seventh for the seventh in the league, maybe eighth now. Probably dropped down to eighth, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think um, I think similar to what you you two were saying earlier. The thing with him, why he got sacked from Southampton when he got to the cup final, and now why he, he will be sacked at Leicester. I'm surprised. I thought he'd be gone Sunday morning, to be honest. But he's gonna get sacked because the fans aren't buying into the football. So they're in a good position and whatnot. But he he he's definitely going to get sacked within. I think he'll be got in maybe even before the next game. I think the reason they're probably not going to sack him right this second, the next three are Liverpool, Man United, Tottenham. So you don't really want to bring in a new manager who's going to start with three defeats in probability. But when a new manager comes in, it sometimes galvanizes the team. So maybe it'd help him win one of those. Yeah, but I think more often than not, it'll galvanize a team that's near the bottom and having a lift. Mm. Not, I don't think that's going to galvanise them to go to Anfield and, and beat Liverpool. So why are they getting rid of him then, really? I think just the football, the style of football. Mm. Well, what, what, what's wrong with it? Because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that bad when I watch him. I don't watch him week in, week out. So obviously Leicester fans would know a lot more than me. But when I see him, I don't think it's that bad, is it? <laughs> they, they play like... It's a lot of slow build-up play. So... Like when they won the title, there was more counter-attacking and full full speed ahead. Whereas now, it's probably if you're comparing, I don't know, Solskjaer's United to Mourinho's United. Mourinho, a lot of it's the games his team would have the ball, but they they were going nowhere. And I yeah. think Puel's kind of the same. It doesn't help when Vardy comes out and Vardy says some of the stuff he said that won't help. Listen, Vardy. 
okay, what? How does Vardy play the game? This is, everyone's got their ulterior motives. Vardy just yeah. wants the best for Vardy. Which yeah, well, is it, to be to be forward early over the top. It's like yeah, but to be fair to him, he, he did come out and say he, he didn't really mince his words. I don't think he should be saying it, but he said that the style of football doesn't suit me. I want to be playing quick football, getting in behind. He said, but obviously you have to do what the manager wants and what the team wants. I, th- those those messages aren't helpful at all. To yourself. Yeah. It's not yeah, about they aren't you. helpful at all. Why I know, did I, he I agree. Um, turn up as Spider Man on Friday as well? I have no idea. Training. Is that a, a done thing? I have no idea what it meant. It might be like listen, at other clubs have you've got to wear a dodgy shirt in training if you if you've been the worst player of the week or something like that. I don't know. That that could be one 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 reason. I don't know. It might have been just banter, it could have been anything. He trained in it as well, didn't he? Yeah. He yeah. trained in it. Yeah, I think. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> he trained in it. Madness, yeah, madness. Yes. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Now stacking Claude Puel, a bit like the Southampton situation. You have got to be careful what you wish for. Look at them now. Um, got to be very careful. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah we're very weird that one. Looking ahead to this weekend, FA Cup again. Obviously, the most important game of the weekend is Sunday, Chelsea versus the mighty Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Feeling confident? Um, sure. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> watched us play. I don't know how we're playing. Who knows? I'm not even in London to go to it. It's a bit late. No? Wow. Wow, that is lame. Higuain's first game, maybe. Yeah. First hat-trick. <laughs> Do you think they'd really put him on against Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> It's a perfect game to play him. Yeah. yeah, that would be what they're looking to do. Um, that should be good. Yeah, that'd be a good, good fixture. Is it on Sky? Not on Sky I guess it must TV. be because it's six pm on Sunday. Oh yeah, it will be then. What about Palace Spurs as well? That could be quite interesting. Um, to be fair, yeah, I thought that was a tough game for Tottenham. Anyway, I uh, think you you, yeah. you go full strength away at Palace is tough. So with players oh. missing. And Palace, um, sorry, Tottenham have um, the Chelsea game on Thursday before that. So, yeah, I w- it wouldn't surprise me to see Tottenham go out, to be honest. Do you think there could be a, uh, a giant killing in the AFC Wimbledon-West Ham fixture? It's quite a tricky ground to go to, isn't it? I think if West Ham put out a half-decent team, they'll go through. Okay. They, they played They played earlier this season, right, those two? Oh, did they? Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure in the Carling Cup, I think West Ham won two, three nil maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, if they go strong, but as I said before, if you start changing formations and start changing too many personnel, we said that on the last podcast. Yeah. Too, too many personnel, you're in trouble. So as long as they go strong, keep the same formation, they'll be fine. Um, one, one interesting thing. What game I'm looking forward to is Brentford v Barnet. Um, for the reason being, I'm, I'm good Which friends. Which is actually with the... Barnet v Brentford. Just uh, let's be accurate. Barnet v Brentford, sorry, yeah. Um, it's at the Hive, it's at the Hive. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in seeing because I've got a friend who plays in goal, uh, um, Riyad Matrovic. He's only 19, um, Latvian player. Um, and the, he's, the keeper got sent off in the last game and he came on after three minutes, so he's suspended. So I'm just going to ask Hogan what he thinks. As a manager, your yeah. first choice gets injured. He's only going to be missing one game. Obviously, it's yep. the biggest game in there in probably a long time for uh, Barnet. Yep. And you've got a young keeper. Do you play him or do you bring a keeper in for one game? I'll play the young boy. 
You play the young boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I play the young boy. I think the the gap between Barnet and Brentford's so big anyway. I don't mm. think the difference is going to be between a young goalkeeper and old goalkeeper. To be honest. Mm. Mm. Yeah, How no, I agree. Friends with a nineteen-year-old. Surely he's got friends his own age. Oh, gosh. <laughs> questions, mate. You ask so many questions, don't you? Yeah. Nah, I, do, I, 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 um, I scouted him years ago when I was... Um, Casper's Corks. Casper's Corks is a friend of mine who I played football with uh, from Latvian. And I went over there to a football camp. I brought him over. Why are so, yeah. you laughing so much, Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're trying to make Beanie sound like R. Kelly. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, I didn't mean it like that, but I just meant what with him being 37 and all, it seemed like a big, uh, okay, big age gap. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, anyway, so, moving so, on. Go on. Where's the goalkeeper? Is he from Latvia? He's from Latvia, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. A bit west down, just a bit west So down, are you going so... to the game on Monday? It's on TV, to be fair. Oh, um, so, you, so he's a friend, but you're not actually going to support him in person because you can watch it in the warm. No, <laughs> it's uh, Barnet don't don't give away any tickets, and I think it's no, basically newly sold out. So I don't know if he's going to be able to get me tickets. All oh, right, so you're not pe- yeah. prepared to pay to support? Nah, that's paying to pay for watch football is, as a footballer is it's just yeah, don't feel right. Fair enough. <laughs> nah, I would pay. I would. <laughs> I was just messing around. I asked him to buy me tickets. I mean, so, yeah, I yeah. might. I might. Whatever, whatever. What <laughs> about uh, Arsenal Man United, Hoax? How are you feeling about that? Are you going to go to that? Um, I'll find out tomorrow, to be honest. Um, but how am I feeling? Don't normally like. I don't normally like going away to any any of these decent teams. But I think if we go strong, we got a chance. I don't think Arsenal are, are great. I think they're bang average I think people got excited start of the season them and Chelsea I was never buying into either of them I, I weren't fans of how either were playing I thought results were covering stuff up but it's just because there was new managers people were excited mm. but not a massive fan so yeah I think we can go in and get something I hope that he he, he does play a full, a full strength team which I think he will because maybe winning the FA Cup will help his, his job hopes um I think otherwise you would see players like De Gea arrested and Pogba rested. I can't remember the last time Pogba would have played an FA Cup game more other than the final. So, I don't know. Well, it's the only thing that either of them can win, really, isn't it? Pardon? It's the only thing that either of those teams could win, really, now, isn't it? <laughs> it's about time the Champions League had a dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> we just won seven in a row, let me dream. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Arsenal could win the Europa League potentially I don't think they will yeah. okay yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Hoax that Solskjaer has got to play his best team in every game between now and the end of the season uh, he needs to win every game and just then he can look at himself in the mirror and say I've done as much as I can uh, to get that job so I expect United to be strong really strong okay. I, th- I think if if they go strong United I, I do fancy them I just think at the minute, I think the best player in the Premier League at this precise moment in time is probably Rashford. The guy's been unbelievable. And he's doing stuff which now... I, I didn't think he had this level of ability. The, the actual the skills, the moves, the control of either foot, it, it's ridiculous. 
ridiculous. And I didn't think he was that level of ability. I thought he was always very good. But at the minute, he's looking Brazilian. Brazilian. <laughs> he's looking on a different level. Like, and what's crazy is every time he does an outrageous piece of skill, it's ending in a goal or assist. So you see it over and over. Whereas you'll see a lot of players may do these these skills and these tricks, but where it doesn't result in anything, it won't get seen to ninety percent of the public who who's not going to watch ninety minutes of every game there there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think he's. A, I know we have arguments about this in the training ground all the time, and everyone's getting on to me. I, I think he's a very good player. Um, I, 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 no, no, no. I just haven't seen the levels. I don't think he's the levels that Hogan's saying in a minute. But I just think he's a very good player. Well, listen. Time will tell, um, and that, that's what it is. He's got to do this consistently for a longer period of time. So, but yeah, that, that's what he has to do. I think. I think now, right now, the last Alan Solskjaer have been there six, four, six weeks. I don't think there's a striker in the Premier League that comes close to him. Not even fifty percent. He's been by far the best striker. I think when Player of the Month comes around, they're probably going to give it to Pogba because of the goals and the assists from midfield. But Rashford, every single game, there's goals and assists from him too. And I just think now he looks a different level. The finish, some of the finishes have been crazy. He's been the best number nine for the last next six, last six weeks. Yeah, last, he's a lot longer period. If, if 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 he does carry on in this form, it'll be interesting to see what England do because they'll have to get a formation to play him and Kane together. They, I don't think they can then result to putting him back out wide. For me, that's a big statement because I only think he's a very good player. Yeah, you know I mean, if he keeps this form up, then. He's got more strings to his bow than Kane. It's a big if. Yeah, but, yeah I, th- I think he's probably got more. Sense. Yeah, I think he's probably got more strings. I just think though, neither of them are gonna. If he did keep this form up, neither of them would be on England's bench anyway. So they'd have to do whether it be a diamond with two up front or three-five-two. They'd have to do something where they both play. We're not. We're not. We're not good enough to have one of them on the bench. Yeah, but then it's going back to the problems of before of. Changing stuff around, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I, I'm not sure about that. I, 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 what I like about Southgate is that he's he's willing to make the big decisions. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. What I want, I want to ask you about uh, Neville. What about Neville? with his comments about Man United? No manager should ever be able to come into a Man United and ever change the philosophy again. But isn't he? Wasn't the same guy that was saying that Mourinho? Let Mourinho get him what he's doing. He's a great manager, and I don't. Is he not just flip flop there a bit? I think he he always stuck to the point saying Mourinho's doing this until he gets the players that he wants and the better players. I think he always believed that once he got the players, he would play that sort of football, and he would always refer to Mourinho's Chelsea team and his Madrid team that broke every record uh, goal wires. So. I'm not sure I agree with his second comment about never change the philosophy. I understand what he, what he means, but. Yeah, they're built up on attacking football and young players and whatnot. But I, the young players one I've never understood because if the young players aren't good enough, don't play them. Mm. It's that simple. If you have some unbelievable, genuine top top young players, then play them, of course. But at the end of the day, you're, you're at the top of the Premier League. You're at the highest level in football. You're not every year. You're just going to find an 18 year old in your youth team that that's brilliant. Man United's on the 23. He's got relegated last season, so they can't have much. And to be fair, Ferguson didn't play Pogba. <laughs> like, he didn't play you know, Pogba. Yeah, he played, Pot, he played yeah. played yeah. Jason Park and Raphael in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. Rafael so, Morrison, I've, another one who's a great player that they never played. 
Like unbelievable player, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable yeah. player. So there, there was a few. I'm not sure, how old was Lingard when Ferguson was there? Five, six years ago. So he would have been 20, 21. He was nowhere near it. He made his debut yeah. under Van Hall. Yeah. So I don't think it's ever been a thing where they just always throw young players in and they suddenly make them into superstars. A lot of the young players that have come through have been amazing players. Mm-hmm. So yeah. th- th- that's the way that's the way I've always thought about it. So I wouldn't have agreed with a second comment Neville said. Yeah, okay, attacking football, I'll accept that. Um, that's how Man United play. But other than that, I wouldn't compare it to the Barcelona and Ajax philosophy like he said. Yeah, I, I'm not having it. I thought he was way too defensive of Mourinho. He's gone now. And now you're saying no man I should ever... I, I didn't sit right with me personally. Didn't sit if right you, with me. If Jurgen Klopp come into Man United, I wouldn't say that's the typical Man United way to just press, 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 press. But they would love that football at Man United. So oh, I think... I think it's a difference in philosophy. At Liverpool, I think Trent Alexander, probably the only young boy he's really brought through. Gomez was already there, had been bought. I think he'd already played for England. So Trent Alexander's the only one. So I wouldn't worry about bringing through youth players. Just just make the best team that you've got. And if there's a youth player good enough, then that's ideal. You just save yourself a load of money and you have a local lad playing. Yeah, 100% agree. And talking of youth players, we didn't talk about Hudson Dewey. Um, yeah. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that one? Well, I think first and foremost, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant prospect. Um, should be getting more game time at Chelsea. I think the minute he plays 10 to 15 games in a row at any club, he'll be in that England squad. Um, one of our most promising. I can understand why he wants to go to Bayern. I really, really can. Um, it's one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, even if he's playing at Chelsea, I I'll still be tempted to go to Bayern even though I know the Premier League is a lot better than the Bundesliga I just think fair play to him to, to turn down that amount of money fair play to him what, is it, uh, what, what money has he turned down sorry well they reported yesterday 85,000 a week he's turned down at Chelsea no I, I thought that was how much Bayern are going to pay him no but then Sky Sports come out yesterday and said Chelsea actually offered him yesterday 85 and he's turned that down because wow. I think Chelsea seven seventy-five and Bayern were going eighty-five, then Chelsea matched it and he still turned it down. So to do that at eighteen, mm. fair play, because it would have been easy to just accept that, live in London, you wouldn't have had to play, and in four years you're retired for life. So it's obviously a footballing decision. The only thing I would question with with him deciding Bayern, I just think similar to Mbappe, you go to. PSG when he went there at, ni- at 19 I think he was he he can never leave PSG he can never ever leave PSG in his whole career unless they decide to sell him and if they want to get rid of him then obviously something's gone wrong and I think that'll be the same with Hudson Odoi at Bayern the minute he goes to Bayern Munich and starts playing and Bayern are going to dominate every game they play in the Bundesliga he's going to be £100 million pound, mi- minimum and Bayern don't have to accept that maybe Dortmund would with Sancho but not Bayern they can turn down anything so I think you have uh, to be you have to be wary what clubs you go to. I think it's an it's a no brainer, and I'm the big one of the biggest no brainers I've ever seen in football. You're you're not playing at your current club. A bigger club comes in for you, offers you more money. Or it's a, it's just a no brainer. Gives you the number ten shirt, tells you you're going to play every week. 
you know, Robin's old shirt, tells you you're going to play every week. You've got all the players coming out trying to get you there. So they're pulling out all the tents, all the players, Robin saying what great talent he is. They've got all the players. You know what I mean? I've never seen a team make such a concerted effort to get a player in my life. You've got to go. I, I think he'll, but I think he'll play at Chelsea. Honestly, do. But Hogs, how can you? This is what I understand. You're trying to keep a player at your team, yeah? Yeah. He, how has he not started any of the most recent games? You're trying to keep a player who wants to leave at your team and show him that you are going to get more game time. And it's almost our stubbornness because you don't you don't play him. I don't get it. Well, he started in the semi-final against Tottenham. Yeah, and start, I know he hasn't started since, but maybe in a position there's at home to Newcastle, who are a very, very stubborn team, right? So everyone behind the ball. Maybe they thought the experience of Willian and Pedro, and to be fair, they won two one. Willian and Pedro both scored. So yeah. at, at that time, you got to say it's the right decision. Then away to Arsenal. Hoax, hoax. Let's go back to that one quickly. Forget the stubbornness and, and experience. Hudson Odoi is an attacking player. His job is to take. If you, if you believe in him, that's a great game no, to put him. I understand I that. But... I agree it worked. I agree it worked out for him, and they both scored. But in the player's head, he's not thinking that. He's yeah. thinking this guy's put me on the bench again. Yeah, but that's what he's thinking. At the end of the day, the, the, the guy's never played ninety minutes in the Premier League, right? The, these other guys, Williams had Barcelona coming in for him him a week ago, so he has to play. Barcelona offering sixty odd million for him, which is getting turned down. So he has to play. Pedro's been at Barcelona, won everything there is to win in football. So he probably feels he has to play. Everyone will feel they have a right to play. So no, Hudson had... the game before, though, you don't you deserve to play the next game. You, shouldn't you put him, put him in for the next game? If he what? He played well. He played well. well I'm not saying he has to. I think, he played, I think he played all right. I think he played, I right think he played all right. Time. Yeah, he played all right. But what I'm saying is, if you're trying to keep the player, that's what you do for me, in my I, eyes. I, I would just hope, personally, that Hudson Odoi would have good people around him because I honestly think he'll play at Chelsea. I think you look at their situation, they have Hazard, Willian and Pedro as their wingers. Willian and Pedro are in their 30s. Um, Hazard's t- coming on 28. They've all got 18 months left in their contract. At least two of them are gone. Hoax, he's ready now. This is my point. This I, understand, I understand that, but if, pl- if players... Around. I understand that, but if top players are there in front of you, he's going to go to Bayern. He's not going to play the minute he gets to Bayern. If he goes Bayern this January, he's not going to play. Yes, he'll start playing from next season anyway. He's not going to walk in. He's not going to walk in in front of Robin or Ribery for the Champions League games. There's not a chance. Forget the Champions League games. He will play. I bet he plays more than fifty to sixty percent of the games if he goes there. What starts? Yeah, starts. No chance. No chance. I'm telling you. No chance. He's got no chance of starting. He starts fifty to sixty percent of the games. Forget the Champions League. No chance. I agree. Forget Robin and Ribery. He's got to go and get in front of Kingsley Coleman, Gnabry, James Rodriguez, and Thomas Muller. There's no chance he's going to start 50, 60 league games. Bayern know what they're doing. They want to buy one of the best young players out there. I, I fully yeah. understand where Bayern are coming from. I disagree. I think he starts. No, you ain't getting an 18 year old who has played no football in the first half of the season go and start at Bayern Munich. They're not even top of the league. So they, they have to chase the teams down and play the best team every game. This is all speculation, but we both we can predict it. I think he starts. I think but, next. I think next season, if he's at either of the sides, I think he'll play. He'll play regularly. So, so okay. On to that point. So, which side would you rather be at playing regularly? At eighteen. At eighteen. Um, yeah. If I'm eighteen, I'd probably rather be in at home. I'd probably rather be at home. 
don't get me wrong, you ever give me the choice between Chelsea and Bayern, it's not it's not comparison for me. Bayern are another level. <laughs> I, I, I just think at 18, you've got you've got, got time to go to Bayern. I just don't think you should be going to the Bundesliga. Well, when I say Bundesliga, to the top club, the most powerful, richest club, where you are not going to get out of. The minute you go there at 18, you're going to spend the next 12 years there. But don't get me wrong, Bayern... What's it's the problem with that? <laughs> there's not a problem with the club. I just think the competition. I don't think the league's great. It's just like being at Paris Saint-Germain, an amazing club. It's not a great league. For me, it's it's, it's it, as I said, I, I, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I think he's got to go. I, I agree. It's going to be very difficult to get out. I do think you can get out, but it's going to be tough. It's not easy. Uh, but you look how long Lewandowski's been trying to get out of there. Yeah, I wouldn't look that far in the future, though. To be honest, at eighteen, personally. Yeah. Well, but I, I hear you, I do understand what you're saying. We will see. Who are you playing this weekend, Beanie? We are playing Plymouth at home. Um, yeah, the team down there, so down the bottom, towards the bottom of the league. Not bad, to be fair. They're, they're, they're probably underperforming considering the players they've got. So, but it's a team that we could put a bit of daylight between ourselves and them. Um, yeah, knock them a little bit further down, pull away again. So, yeah, good game for us. Well, good luck with that. Enjoy Barnet Brentford. Yeah, thank you. Hoax, uh, enjoy Arsenal, Man United, or bear it <laughs> if you can. I'll try. Thanks for listening to Two Pros in a Pod. We've been Kate Hamer, Marcus Bean, and Hogan Eframe. Follow us on Twitter at Two Pros in a Pod. Let us know what you thought of the show, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>